Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we'll be discussing overlooked tax breaks for retirees. Chances are you're overlooking at least one of these. We'll discuss that in a moment. Also, how to organize and optimize your income streams like Social Security, a pension, or rental real estate so you can maximize income while minimizing taxes. My name is Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of which wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and president of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Brian, I've read that for retirees over the age of 65, it's really more important than ever to take full advantage of every tax break available. That's especially true if you're on a fixed income. After all, some of you have to stretch out your retirement savings to help cover finances for a retirement that could last 30 plus years. Brian, in your experience as a CPA and advisor, when you have seen tax returns that have been done by other CPAs, have you found that there are a lot of holes in those things that are missing? Well, I've found a lot of tax returns with holes, not necessarily uh, ones prepared by CPAs. CPAs are very good at getting tax returns done correctly. But, you know, if it's just about putting the right numbers in the right boxes, okay, that's one part of financial planning. But analyzing that tax return for opportunities is a different one. And, you know, one of the things that you brought up here was that how important looking at your tax return is and recognizing opportunities, especially as you get older. And you might say, well, gee, Captain Obvious, <laughs> why wouldn't I always think that's a good idea? And of course you should. But it is more important as you're older because when you're working in your 30s and 40s, you have wages, you have itemized deductions. That's pretty much it. You put those on your tax return and there's not a lot of planning around that. I mean, you're, you're going to pay taxes on your wages as you receive them. But in retirement, you have multiple sources of where you're getting your money. You get to decide. You're not working anymore. So you're deciding whether to pull it from your annuity or from a Roth or from a non-qualified account or from your qualified accounts and when to sell assets and when to recapture gains. What about depreciation recapture? There's all these different things that are things that you decide when they're taxed that you don't have when you're younger. So certainly in retirement, tax planning and opportunities from your tax term becomes more critical than ever. Brian, you mentioned tax breaks that uh, you have when you're younger. Let's talk about people who are at retirement age, and I'm talking about around 65. A lot of people retire earlier and others retire after the age of 65. But what are some extra deductions or tax breaks that people over the age of 65 can get? Well, there's one that comes to mind, and I'm going to make a statement here that you may shudder at. If you're over 70 and a half years old, please don't pull out your checkbook and write a check to your charity. Oh, why, Brian? Do you hate charities? No, that's not what I'm saying. If you're over 70 and a half, you have the opportunity, especially if you're required to do required minimum distributions from your IRAs, your qualified accounts, that uh, you have to pull that money into income. But if you donate directly from your qualified accounts to your charity, then you don't pay income tax on that amount. This is huge. I don't know why any financial advisor isn't calling their clients over 70 and a half years old saying, hey, we got an opportunity as simple as a layup, folks. If you're given to charity and you're thinking about writing a check, please just donate it directly. There's multiple advantages to that. Not only do you not show it on your tax return and pay taxes on it and then give the charity whatever's left after taxes, you lower your income that you're reporting, which can lower your tax on your social security, might move you to a lower marginal tax bracket. Again, the charity gets more. Uh, maybe your Medicare premiums are lowered because you don't have as much taxable income. There's all these benefits you get just by where you're sourcing your charitable donations. So you can actually, you know, going back to my statement, it wasn't don't give money to your charity. It's give more money to your charity by giving less to the federal government in income taxes. So if you're over 70 and a half, Definitely think about this and, and check into that. Brian, can you give us some other examples of tax breaks that people are missing that, again, using your terminology is sort of like a layup? 
Well, you know, I've been a CPA my whole life, most of my life anyway, and I'm, you know, I'm trained to, to try and protect my client's money from overtaxation. We have a tax code. It's there to take advantage of, you know, the deductions that are out there or the techniques and all that stuff to lower our taxes. I think it's our American obligation to lower our taxes if it's permissible. I don't know anybody that volunteers, including uh, Bernie Sanders. I don't, I don't know anybody that volunteers yeah. more tax, you know, than, right. than they're obligated to pay. Hey, and I'm a firm believer that money in the hands of most nonprofit organizations is much better managed and well spent and has much more impact than money that just goes into the government coffers. And so it's really frustrating to me when I see people not taking advantage of that. You know, back on the charitable giving strategies, I just mentioned the required minimum distribution strategy. You know, I, I'll, I'll see people that, that sell a stock or other appreciated asset, and I look at their Schedule A, I see they give significant you know, money to their church or their favorite charities. I don't ask them this, but certainly if I was their advisor, I would say beforehand, if we're going to sell anything and it has a gain, let's consider donating that directly to the charity. The charity can then sell it. Charities don't pay tax on gains. Nobody pays tax on gains. So if you were going to give 30000 to a charity or whatever, give that appreciated asset directly to the charity, nobody pays income tax. They get more money. There's all these benefits from that. So if you're charitable and you have either, again, 70 and a half or you have appreciated stock or other assets, there are ways that you can benefit society much, much better by taking advantage of the tax laws that are available to you. That's a good concept, Brian. I never thought about that. If I have a share of stock or shares of stock that were worth X, now they're worth double X, that I could donate those to a charity and not pay taxes on the capital gains. If I'm hearing you right, that's what you're saying, right? That's exactly what I'm saying. There's a lot of different charitable gifting strategies. Uh, we're just naming a couple on here. We could do this for a whole show. <laughs> we're not going to because we had other things to cover. But uh, yeah, there's a lot out there. Brian, if someone fails to take advantage of a tax deduction, they miss a tax deduction. Will the IRS fix that for for them, or does it just not work that way? What are you, a comedian now, Jeff? Come on. <laughs> I thought I knew the answer to that, but I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> uh, okay, everybody, the IRS is not your friend. Uh, oh, <laughs> really? Okay. I know. Yeah, if you want a friend, go somewhere else. They are not. No, uh, if you miss income, oh boy, they get it reported all different ways. You bet. And, and they know you'll get the computer uh, sending you letters, you'll get tax bills with penalties, with interest, all that stuff. You miss deductions, they're like, thank you very much. Appreciate yep. <laughs> it. Uh, thank you for your voluntary contribution to our national debt that keeps growing. So, no, they're not your friend. They're not going to help you with deductions. You know, they're not going to help you at all with that. In fact, it reminds me of I knew this person that retired from their job and started taking social security and about a year and a half later they decided to do real estate development and so they're making some money and, and then they got a bill from the irs a big bill from social security administration saying you know all that social security we paid you give it back Ooh. and with interest and mm. he's like oh well that stinks well can i undo that nope it's been over a year oh oh what does that mean well you lose your annual increases of six and a half percent in your social security for life and well, that stinks. Well, can I get my taxes back that I paid on that Social Security that I'm now giving back? No. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's become a, an itemized deduction in the year that you pay it back. You can't go back and amend those tax returns and get that money back. But I don't itemize. Yep, too bad, so sad. Wait a second. So he was struggling with that because... He got this money, he gave it back with interest, with penalties, and he didn't get his taxes back on it either because of the timing of when this all happened. He was so frustrated by that that he kept trying to fight that. He kept fighting it. It's 20 years later. He is still fighting it. Wow. He's obsessed with this now. It was just so devastating to him. So, no, the, the tax law is not in your favor. And, and certainly, even if, if it is, how do you know it? It's a big book. I mean, it's bigger than the Bible. I mean, right, it's right. a big book. Not a lot of people know what's in that book or, or know it well. And so, even though it might be in there, you might have the advantages written in the law, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. And so, this is a big disconnect between financial advice and proper tax results. But yeah, I, I saw this happen with this poor person on the uh, Social Security and it was, it was just a shame that, uh, so you know, I, I guess the moral of this story is if you're thinking about taking Social Security before your full retirement age, 
think twice. Make sure there is no possibility of you going back to work that earns you more than, say, 20000 a year, that that is off the table. If it's still on the table, you might want to wait and continue to get your annual lifetime increases in Social Security. And Brian, when the IRS sends you a notice and said they found something wrong, in your experience as a CPA, is the IRS always right about that, or have you had to correct them on their tax code? There you go again, Jeff. Another comedian moment. Uh, <laughs> I'll be here all week. He, Tip your is waitress right. ever right. Uh, I would say maybe 20% of the time they wow. they actually have something. Wow. Most of the time when you get a notice, if you get a notice, and I know people, they, I've talked to them, oh, I got this notice and I panicked. I sent them a check that day. I'm like, why? Mm. They're probably wrong. I mean, I, I'd say four out of five times they're wrong. Mm. It's usually a computer-generated matching notice. And they just didn't match to the right line of your tax return. The computer generates a, a bill with uh, interest and penalties. They send it to you, and they make you panic because uh, the form letters are, are really uh, kind of angry <laughs> right. from the IRS. Nobody wants a letter from the IRS. No. I remember once I got this call from a client of mine, and, I mean, he was a captain in the Coast Guard. That's right below Rear Admiral. I mean, he had thousands of people under his command. Uh, he was six feet six and, yeah. and a strong man and an awesome guy. Yeah. And he called me in a panic. He said, Brian, I got to meet you. <laughs> I go, why? Oh, I got this notice from the IRS. I got to meet you tonight. And I'm like, oh, wow, this must be important. So I got there and I said, well, what did it say? He said, I don't know. I was too afraid to open it. Hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I drove all the way across town. This is my, when I was younger in my career. I don't yeah. drive across town anymore. Right. But I, I drove all the way across town and you haven't even opened it. So I said, okay, well, I'll open it. So I literally opened it and it said, thank you for your recent estimated tax payment. Here's some more vouchers. <laughs> I remember that story. That's a great one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He was petrified. And this guy's uh-huh. in the military and that doesn't scare him, no. but a letter from the IRS did so much right. so that he couldn't even open it. So they can be very intimidating is what I'm saying, and they are very often not right. In fact, most of the time when you get a letter, it's wrong. Brian, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not what you don't do, but sometimes it's what you do that can cause you a problem. Is that not correct? Yeah. You know, I, I think of an example here, someone that decides to be a do-it-yourself investor and so forth. That's, okay, that's fine. And they retire from their job. They have a million dollars in their 401k plan and they want to manage it themselves. So they do a rollover and they've never done this in their lifetime. You know, it's the first time they've done a rollover and they didn't fill out the form right. So they got their check and they go, huh, it's uh, $800,000. That's weird. Where's the other 200000 Oh, it's withholding. Went to the IRS. Hmm. Yeah, but I need to roll over a million. Yeah, you, you only have 800000 Good luck with that. Oh, can I have the 200000 back? Well, yeah, well, you can, but it'll be next year. But I only have 60 days to roll this over. Where I'm, I'm going to pay tax on $200,000 and then get my $200,000 next year? Yep, that's right. Because you didn't check a box right. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways to get tripped up. And that's why it's so important to have your comprehensive financial planning built by a CPA who's also a financial advisor. Again, we could do these stories all day long. The show's only an hour, so I'll have to stop there, Jeff. But that's another example I thought of. If they talked to me for 10 seconds before doing that, I'd say, well, wait a second. Make sure you don't have the withholding done at the source because you got to come up with that money otherwise. Brian, before we keep going, I want to take a moment and invite our listeners to give us a call so that they can request their rooted wealth analysis so that they can potentially discover missed tax breaks and opportunities and potentially enjoy extra income in their retirement. If you're listening right now and you want to discuss how you may be able to pay less in taxes, then call 833-673-7373 and request your rooted wealth analysis. That number again is 833-673-7373. Now, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could be just what you need to help achieve your financial goals. Now, you must have at least $500,000 or more in investable assets to qualify, and those who call and are qualified as a bonus will also be sent Brian's new book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement at No Cost. That number one more time, 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. Brian, we talked about a few of the overlooked tax breaks for people over the age of 65. Can you give us a list or some of the other commonly missed tax breaks that people really just aren't thinking about? 
Well, some of the things that come to mind, I mean, there's an extra standard deduction for people over 65. Next year's standard deductions for married couples, 27700 Then you can get another 3000 Now, that's automatic in a tax program. But what is sometimes missed is what does that actually mean? Well, that means the first 30000 of itemized deductions that you have are irrelevant. You don't get any benefit from them. So a lot of times your planning is around, well, how do I get benefit from tax deductions? Well, if they don't count, then your benefit's 0%, so it doesn't really move the needle. So certainly uh, bunching up into years can be part of that. So there's more to it than just getting the right number on your return. It's having a strategy around that. Maybe IRA contributions from a, a non-working spouse. If one of you has at least 12000 of taxable compensation, you each can give at least 6000 to an IRA in most cases. Some people on their Medicare premiums, they go, well, that's, I know I have to pay a lot, but at least it's tax deductible because you keep hearing medical expenses are tax deductible. Well, not if they don't cross a 7.5% of your adjusted gross income hurdle before they get thrown into that box I just told you about itemized deductions. So they're limited twice, and so you may not be getting much from that. One misunderstood thing is a lot of people might pay the uh, estimated tax payments uh, penalty because they didn't make their quarterly payments in time. Well, one way to rectify that is if you have a, maybe you have your own business, you pay yourself a salary. Uh, well, in December, you might cut yourself a bonus and have 100% of that as withholding. The IRS will treat that as if you'd given them that money in January and February and March and April and May. It will backtrack that and start wiping out any underpayment penalty. I find that one interesting. For landlords, so many people miss this one. You can defer or potentially eliminate all of the income tax on your capital gains and all of your depreciation recapture from your investment real estate if you do a 1031 exchange using Delaware statutory trusts. I talk about DSTs all the time on the show. We've done almost 200 million of those. It's essentially just life-changing uh, for a lot of people, not not only their legacy, their to their spouse, to their income, to their stress level, to their risk to their diversification. There's so many things that can be a, a positive attribute to a Delaware statutory trust. And so definitely if you own investment real estate, please come talk to us about that and figure out what, what is your exit strategy related to that. We talked about charitable gifting strategies for appreciated property and for other reasons. But here's another one. Let's say that, well, I want to give to charity, but not while I'm alive because I might need the money. But, gee, I have enough assets to where I'm going to get taxed by the state of Washington for that estate tax for my estate over $2.2 million. Is there any way I can solve both of these issues? Absolutely. Somebody say that uh, in their will, uh, any amount above my exemption, I think they had like $3 million or whatever, any amount above my exemption goes to charity after I die. That came off of the Washington taxable estate tax calculation. And so they paid nothing to the state of Washington. Their charity got the excess over the state exemption. And then finally, I had a situation uh, recently where somebody was able to take advantage of their lifetime exclusion from the sale of their principal residence and take advantage of a 1031 exchange and pull money out of this without any income tax. So they were in that sweet spot where they had lived in their house enough over the last five years, but they transferred it into a rental for two years. So this would be their principal residence or their vacation home. They had a huge gain and the house was in California and they were able to take the exclusion and do a 1031 for the rest and they pocketed a bunch of money to pay off some personal debt. It was a beautiful thing that hardly anybody's probably ever heard of, but there are so many things out there in that tax code that you probably, you know, you might be listening and go, wow, I wouldn't even have thought of these things. I wouldn't know to ask these questions. And, and that's why it's so important to work with a CPA who's a financial. Brian, let's talk about the process. What does it look like for a potential client who comes to you and thinks that they're not getting the tax breaks that they're entitled to? What's that process look like? Well, I would think that most people listening would go, you know, there's something here. I would really like this. But the only reason they wouldn't actually call us is because, oh, these guys are going to give me a sales pitch, aren't they? So the one thing you're not going to get from Madrona is a sales pitch. Uh, you're not going to come here and we're not going to start talking product in the first 15 minutes like every other meeting you probably had with every other finance person you ever talked to in your life. I hear this over and over from people. I say, well, I talked to five other people. What they do? Well, they tried to sell me something in the first 10 minutes. 
okay, we're not talking product because that's the last thing we would do with you. We're going to educate. We're an education financial planning firm, not a sales organization. So we're going to be able to answer your questions. We could talk about what your goals are, get to know you, figure out whether it's a fit to move forward. So it's just a a vetting process. You get to vet us. We vet you, see if it's a good fit. If it's not, that's fine. I mean, we're going to talk to a lot of people that we don't end up working with, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So we'd rather have you come in and just find out whether it makes sense to work with us rather than not call us at all. And so we don't mind that at all. And so we're going to go through and help you come to answers that you need to have. And they may be the answers you don't work with. It doesn't make sense to work with us. You're fine. Or you just have a couple tweaks to make. You don't need us. Or maybe you do. And so we're open to that. But I want to assure anybody listening that if you come in, you're not going to get this heavy-handed sales pitch. It's not a timeshare that we're, we're offering here. This is education. Education shouldn't be about sales. And so uh, that is what you would expect uh, coming to uh, one of the Madrona Financial Advisors. Brian, for all those who are listening and want to potentially pay less in taxes so that uh, they can increase their overall income and quality of life, I want you to listen up because this message is for you. I want you to dial 833-673-7373 right now and request your rooted wealth analysis at no cost. You must have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify. And when you call, you're going to get a friendly voice on the other line who will gather some basic information from you so that your local trusted Madrona advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back early next week. Now, this analysis is just an open conversation intended to help you uncover financial blind spots or what we like to call shallow roots and discover potential solutions so you can pay less in taxes and keep more of your hard-earned money. And as a bonus, qualified callers are going to receive a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement at No Cost. So call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your rooted wealth analysis. That number again is 833-673-7373. One call can make all the difference. Yeah, Jeff, that reminds me of a story that happened just this week. I was talking to a business owner, and he sold his business and received money in a couple different ways. There was a down payment, there was an installment sale, and received some stock from the company that was buying his business. And we were talking about the tax treatment and when he should sell the stock. And he was saying, well, I kind of want to hang on to this stock because I think it's going to grow, but gee, I got a lot of money in one place. And and uh, I said, well, we can do it over time. And let me talk about the tax benefits. We can actually reduce your taxation on that by more than half. And he's like, okay, tell me more. And so it was over a million dollars and he could sell that stock at any time. And so I explained to him how if he sells it all at once, not only will he regret that action later if, if it goes up in value a bunch, uh, so maybe want to just kind of take some off the table uh, year by year, but he had a, a buyout coming up next year. And I said, okay, the year following the buyout, if you take this all out in the year of the buyout, you're going to be paying tax at 30.8%. And wait a second, this is capital gains. Why so much? Well, you got the 15% bracket that goes to the 20 and then the net investment tax uh, on top of that is 23.8. And then, oh yeah, Jay Inslee just passed a new capital gains income tax Mm. at 7%. And so now we're at 30.8 in the state of Washington on the sale of his stock. If, however, you sell it in pieces at 250000 a year and not go over the state threshold, then we can plan for 15% capital gains tax instead of 30.8, less than half wow. of the income tax. Hmm. Plus, we can dollar cost average out of your stock. So if it goes up in value, that's okay. You still have a bunch of it. If it doesn't, that's okay. You got out over over the course of years. So it was a, a beautiful solution for that. And by meeting out the tax income, we were able to completely avoid the state of Washington, in my opinion, unconstitutional capital gains tax that just passed. And so we were able to completely get out of that. And he was thrilled about that. (laughs) Hmm. I can tell you that. And plus uh, lowering the federal income tax, which affects other things on the tax return. So there was an example that happened just this week. And he was like, well, wait a second. So you just turned away money. I said, yeah, I just took a pay cut. Any other advisor in the country would say, sell the stock, pay the tax, give me the rest. I'll invest it, make money off the amount I invest for you. And I told him, don't sell the stock. Wait at least two years, sell a little bit of it per year, and don't give it to me to invest. So I take a pay cut when I give good tax advice, but I'm thrilled by that. That is why I do what I do. 
Brian, there's another great story based on your experience. I want our listeners to call now and request your Rooted Wealth analysis today. Don't wait until it's too late. Just pick up your phone and dial 833-673-7373. That number again, 833-673-7373. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. I'm Jeff Shade, and we just finished discussing overlooked tax breaks for retirees. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry. We are a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. You'll get this show and weekday takeaways so you can stay on top of your wealth and how to grow it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be discussing how to organize and optimize your income streams like Social Security, a pension, or rental real estate so you can maximize income while minimizing taxes. Stay tuned. Want more strategies that can help support the quality of life you want for 30-plus years? Well, stick around. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about how to organize and optimize your income streams like Social Security, pensions, rental real estate, so you can maximize income while minimizing taxes. And Brian, a lot of people don't realize that pensions and Social Security are certainly taxable and as well as rental real estate. So let's talk about the strategies that you use to minimize taxes when you have those things. Yeah, as I talked about earlier on the show, you don't need as many strategies when you're 35 years old, you're working at a job, you have itemized deductions, and that's pretty much it. That's what goes on your tax return, your W-2 wages and so forth. You don't have a lot of choices as to when to take your W-2 wages. In fact, you don't have any. You're going to get taxed in the year that you receive your check. It's cash basis. That's how it's done. There's not a lot of planning around that. But in retirement, everything changes because you have all these potential different income sources, and some of them, you have a decision as to when to turn them on. And when you have that, you have the decision as to when and how you're taxed on them. So it may be when you start your pension. It may be when you start Social Security. There's when you start an annuity, when you sell a stock, when you sell real estate, when you sell your business, how you sell it. Is it cashed out front? Is it installment sale? You got all kinds of different options there. And so planning your cash flow in retirement is beyond just, hey, I want some money coming in. It's when do I want it coming in? What other options do I have to get it? So for instance, let's say that you've decided you've heard, oh, gee, I bought a spreadsheet calculator and it said I would maximize my Social Security if I wait until age 70. Well, that may be. But every spreadsheet in the world will say, yeah, maximize your Social Security. Wait, don't take it in your 60s. But let me ask a a question here if you're listening to this about money and the time value. If I were to offer you at the age of 25 $10,000, you'd think, oh, my gosh, that would would have been the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. If I offered you $10,000 at 65, you'd say, well, that's really awesome. (laughs) I could use that. I want to go do something. Well, have you ever met a 95-year-old that got $10,000? They're like, what am I supposed to do with that? Who's going to inherit that? What do I care? So money matters when you receive it as much as it does answer a question on a spreadsheet. So it's very important to consider, you know, even the timing of Social Security as to, well, would would I appreciate money in my late 60s more than my 80s? Well, if that's the case, and that's a a big difference there, then you might consider taking it early. The other thing about, I mentioned minimizing taxes while maximizing income, there might be some years after you retire and before you turn on annuities and Social Security and so forth, where your marginal tax bracket's low. What a great time to trigger income at the lowest rate you're going to have for the rest of your life. So there's another example. I can go into specifics on that, but that is how we can, you know, it's one thing, oh, I want to save on taxes. Yeah, but how are you going to do it? So running those calculations, if your advisor or you can't run those calculations, how are you going to know? How are you going to know the what ifs? Well, what if I trigger this? What if I trigger that? What if I don't trigger something? What is my marginal tax bracket differential there? What's the delta? So these are the things that we do as a CPA advisor for our clients. And Brian, that really points to this lifestyle plan that we've talked about before. Can you comment again on organizing income with a lifestyle plan to minimize taxes? 
Yeah. So a lifestyle plan, when we, we use that term, we're really talking about what are you going to live on in retirement? I mean, your lifestyle is dictated by, in many ways, by how much income you have and what it costs to be you. And if you don't have enough income, which most people don't, I mean, frankly, in, in retirement, they're spending without pace their Social Security, maybe in their pension and their rental income and so forth. And they have to pull it from other sources. So we might use safe money alternatives or, or whatever to create that source for the time period they need that. And we want to move away from pulling money from the stock market. You know, if you're wondering about that topic, listen to my last show right. where we talked about sequence of return risk by pulling money from the stock market in retirement. So, you know, there's certainly a lot to do with the lifestyle planning. I don't know how any advisor can do that for a, a client without having a proper financial plan. Reminds me of just yesterday, I was talking to a client and he, he was actually embarrassed. He said, well, I should know, you know, what my financial plan will look like in the future. And I was like, why would you know that? Sure. There's so many variables in there. You get one right, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. Is, is you're going to come to the wrong conclusion. And, you know, he brought up, well, what about RMDs someday and, and, and so forth? I said, well, not only are they in the plan here, based upon future expected balances in your retirement accounts, based on growth of assets, but we also have the taxes associated with those RMDs in the future based on the growth and projecting what your RMDs will be. He was like, oh, that's why I can't do it by myself. I said, exactly. So don't feel bad at all. There's nobody out there that's going to be able to put together a spreadsheet that can compute all this, but we do that for you. We, we buy the software. It's very expensive. We spend time getting it right. We want to get your retirement plan right. We don't want to guess at it. So if someone isn't doing that for you, uh, that's something you'd want to consider uh, coming to us to get done for you. Brian, that's a lot of great information. If our listeners are looking for a lifestyle plan that not only maximizes their income, but minimizes their taxes, once again, we invite you to call 833 833- 673-7373. That number again is 833-673-7373. It's not going to cost you a dime, but it could be just what you need to help achieve your financial goals. Brian, in the beginning, I talked about Social Security. How do you help people find the right time to file for Social Security to maximize income and minimize taxes? Well, that's a great question. You know, when you retire and when you file for Social Security, these are two different conversations. And the decision is not something that should be cited on based upon a spreadsheet or a computer program. There is so much to that question. You know, one of the questions I would have, do you have other assets that can make up for Social Security? If you don't, I don't want to tell you, well, the spreadsheet says you should wait till 70 and a half or 70 years old before you retire. And I go, well, thanks, Brian, for that advice. But what am I supposed to eat between now and retirement? rice and beans or what? I, I need money. And so, yeah, okay, that person might want to take Social Security early. Contrary to that, you know, maybe you say, well, I got plenty of income from other sources and maybe I can wait. So if you can wait, okay, now we can at least think about waiting. We just talked about the time value of money, how money in your 60s is worth a lot more than money in your 80s. We already know that the break-even point is about age 79. You'll have more money if you wait until age 70 to start your Social Security. At 79, you'll have pulled out as much as you would have had you started early, and you'll have more later. But you gave up money in your 60s to increase money in your 80s. Is that worth it to you? So these are some of the questions, and you, you just can't even answer that. I'll, I'll throw in another example. If the higher earner is older and doesn't have as long of a life expectancy, I would probably tell them to wait until age 70, because if they pass away, the younger, lower-earning spouse will be able to receive the higher earner Social Security for the rest of their life. It's like a guaranteed pension at a higher rate than they would have otherwise. So there's a lot that go into this decision that you cannot gather from a spreadsheet, from a calculation on a piece of paper. We're talking about people's lives, their longevity, their other assets, their cash flow, their lifestyle. There were so many other things going into that decision. I, I think too many people just kind of look at it and get it wrong because right. they don't consider all these different attributes. And Brian, I think there's a misconception that it is simple. You file at 62, you file at full retirement age, and you file at 70, only three different options there. But in reality, as you just said, there's so much that goes into Social Security optimization. Let's talk about pensions for a moment. Not a lot of people are getting pensions these days, but there are certainly people that are listening to the program who do have pensions. How do you help people with pensions maximize their income and minimize taxes? Well, I'm going to change that question around a little bit. How do I help people that don't have pensions okay. have one? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I can't put you in a time machine and put you back 40 years until you go work for Boeing back when they had a pension. So how 
do we do that? Well, there are ways to create cash flow in retirement. One of the best tools that I have is a fixed index annuity designed for guaranteed lifetime cash flow and hopefully one that increases cash flow over time because inflation's real, as we now know, and time value money is real. So I want to make sure that I have increasing income, especially if I may live a long time or my spouse may live a long time. So we often use fixed index annuities. They aren't a pension. They are a pension-like substitute. They have many pension-like attributes. So it feels like you're getting a pension. And whether you're getting a check from Boeing or you're getting a check from an insurance company, if the check's coming in, the check's coming in. Well, when does it run out? Uh, when you do. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And so not until you run out. And so, oh, boy, they feel like the same thing. That's kind of like Social Security, right? Yeah. So now you're getting your Social Security check. Maybe you're getting a pension check. Maybe you're getting in several annuity checks because you have an annuity in your non-qualified account, an annuity in a qualified account. Maybe your spouse has a qualified annuity. Maybe you get three checks from that. What else you got for me, Brian, on the cash flow thing? Well, maybe you have some private non-traded REITs or Delaware statutory trusts or active real estate. Those are coming in every month too. The goal of retirement for me, for a lot of my clients, is lifestyle planning. Lifestyle planning equates to cash flow. Cash flow, if it's coming from many different sources, even if one is maybe interrupted briefly or whatever, but if you have many sources, you feel a lot better. I call it mailbox money. I was just doing a meeting with somebody yesterday. I said, you know, our goal, we look at this plan that we just did, look at all the mailbox money, money coming in this month that you didn't have last month that you can count on next month. Mm -hmm. That's what I term mailbox money rather than pulling from principal. So we were looking at his plan. He did have DSTs and private non-traded equity REITs and credit REITs and several annuities. He and his wife had a pension and then Social Security. And I was like, yeah, you've got one to $200,000 coming in for the rest of your life before you even look at your accounts. And he was like, well, that's what we spend. That's brilliant. I said, yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? You don't even have to touch your principal, but it's all there in case you want it. And he had a nice nest egg there too. So he was like, gosh, thank you, Brian, so much. I feel so, because he had, he'd been let go at right, his job right. in his 60s. And he was like, I, I can't get another job. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm petrified right now. And we went through the plan and he was so relieved. I was like, yeah. you know, what holes can you punch in this? And he's like, none, because <laughs> it's all going to come in. It's going to cover my lifestyle. And he was just so grateful for that. Oh, thank you for doing this. And, you know, Oh, that just made my day too. And, and, you know, that's what we get to do here. It doesn't always work out that way. You right. know, somebody comes to me that, you know, they don't have any money for retirement. It's hard to build a house with no, no wood and nails. But in many cases, we're able to literally change people's outlook on the rest of their life, take away so much stress by doing a proper financial plan. Brand, let's say that you have pre-tax assets such as an IRA or after-tax assets, or maybe you've got uh, assets that are in a Roth. Which of these would you use for an annuity and why? Well, that's a great question. And it's not something that's talked about a lot because uh, most people aren't tax planners that are selling annuities. It's the way it is. So we look at all of these different categories. Uh, some we're looking at uh, somebody's assets. We break it down. Okay, what are the different divisions of taxation? potential future taxation, and different annuities are taxed differently too. So let's say you have an accumulation annuity in a non-qualified account and you start pulling money out. Well, it comes out as interest first. However, if you have a lifetime cash flow annuity, that's not how it works. You pull out principal along with it. So there's two different kinds of annuities on the fixed index side. You can have an accumulation annuity in a non-qualified account. So if you pull money out of it, it comes out interest first. And once you pull all the interest out, then it's principal, which is non-taxable, as opposed to a guaranteed lifetime cash flow annuity. When you pull money out of that on a monthly basis, you're only going to get taxed on a portion of that, the interest portion that's calculated by the insurance company based on your age, and the rest of it's non-taxable. Now, one place I probably would not put an annuity is a Roth account. My Roth accounts, I'm going to put my private equity, my high potential gain investments in because my goal is max gain so I can maximize my tax-free earnings from that. Whereas I've heard CPAs say, you should never own an annuity in an IRA because it's already tax deferred. I'm like, well, that's kind of silly because generally most people's investable assets are from their 401ks and retirement accounts. And I understand it's already tax deferred, but isn't your retirement account's goal to provide cash flow for your retirement? And doesn't a lifetime guaranteed income annuity that pays you for the rest of your life in retirement kind of fit that goal? precisely. 
I think it does. So I am not in the camp that thinks it doesn't make sense to have a lifetime cash flow annuity in a deferred qualified account. And so uh, certainly we use that. And again, very often that's where your money is. And you can put that into an annuity and get those checks the rest of your life. Outside of that, in your non-qualified account, you can put other assets that maybe are more liquid or have higher growth potential or different kind of tax savings like Delaware Statutory Trust. They are never in a qualified account. They are non-qualified assets. So this discussion, I can nerd out all day, Jeff, on this side. <laughs> where <laughs> where okay. we use annuities, where we don't, why, right. when, how, right. and all that stuff. But the point is, we are looking at all of that stuff when we're putting together someone's plan. Brian, you mentioned DSTs. How do you know how long someone should keep their rental property and how do you transition active managed rental property into a Delaware statutory trust? Another great question, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this is a interesting topic for me because a lot of people don't know what their cash flow is from their rentals. They think they know. They throw out numbers. And I've talked about it on the show before. But if you have a rental, investment real estate, please pull out Schedule E, page one. That's where each of your investment real estate properties are listed. Go to the bottom line. What's your net profit? Add back depreciation. That's your true net profit, your cash flow, essentially. Divide that by the fair market value of that property. You will probably come up with a number between 0 and 2%, especially if you average this over a couple of years and include any of the big repairs that maybe happened a year or two ago. But most people I see are between 0 and 2 or 3%. So the first thing is, once you do that calculation, let's say you come up with 1.8%. You go, hmm, when's the right time to convert into a DST? Well, I already know I can get more cash flow with a DST than 1.8%. So my cash flow would improve. And the other question you can ask yourself is, do you feel like, now is the time to own real estate where you own it. And a lot of people are going, well, five years ago, I thought that way. I don't now. I don't think this is the most awesome place going forward to own real estate. And the third question is, even if you think it's a good thing, are you sick of being a landlord? And if you say, oh, you got me there. (laughs) I'm definitely sick of being a landlord. Heck, I came up with 4% on your calculation, but I'm Mm -hmm. sick of being a landlord. Well, any of these could trigger the decision to go, I need to learn more about DSTs. I need to learn about how to sell my property, income tax deferred and potentially tax-free, potentially improve my cash flow, definitely improve my life because I don't have to be a landlord and I don't have to stress out about that, eliminate the need for money on the side for capital calls for repairs, big repairs that I don't know if they're going to happen. There's a lot of attributes going on there. But if you're following my conversation and I triggered any of those questions that said, I I feel like I don't necessarily want to own my rentals or my investments real estate anymore, then definitely give us a call. We can go through the scenario. Again, it's not a sales job. We're going to go through the scenarios of DST, whether you should or shouldn't. And we'll start by trying to talk you out of it because we'll say, well, do you have enough of a gain to make it worth your while? You know, do you need the liquidity for another reason down the road or whatever? So we'll, we'll definitely go through that too. But definitely give us a call if you have investment real estate. And Brian, you have done seminars about Delaware Statutory Trust in the past. And I want you to tell a story. This was a gentleman in a seminar that you did who was just sure that you were wrong about this. And he told you some astronomical figure that he was getting from his rental real estate. And then when you really broke it down, he found out that he wasn't making nearly as much as he thought. Yeah, I felt like I needed it. I even teased him after the, you know, questioned me and, and challenged me when he sat down. I said, well, I'll give you a hundred bucks when we leave here for giving me that plant question. You know, everybody <laughs> laughed in the room because, yeah, he was very vocal and adamant that my DSTs were terrible because he's making, he was making 13% on his cash flow. And I'm, I happen to know that nobody out there is making 13% net cash flow on real estate if they're computing their fair market value correctly. Because anybody would gobble that up. They got their fair market value wrong or he's computing his cash flow wrong. And he certainly was. And I just asked him, well, how do you compute that? Well, I take my gross rents divided by what I paid for it 35 years ago. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not exactly accurate. Uh, as, as I just mentioned, it's net after all expenses, divided by fair market value, not what you paid for it. And he was like, oh, yeah, oh, that, that number is not so much. 
And then I went into the discussion about lifestyles. And he finally admitted, oh, man, I hate being a landlord. I'm so stressed out all the time. And gosh, I'm 75 years old. I'm overweight. I, and he was. He was a very overweight guy. And he was like, I don't know how many good years I have left. I'm spending all my time on these rentals, and I can't stand it. You know, I ran your number in my head, and my cash flow stinks, and blah, blah, blah. He went on and on. It was like a commercial for right. DSTs, and the whole room got <laughs> yeah. I said, I, I even told him, I'm just going to sit back and let you talk. I don't even need to talk about DSTs anymore. The whole audience wants to do one now, thanks to you. And so it was pretty funny. And he was just like, I'm going to call you and do this. And not five minutes earlier, he was like, you're full of bad information. You don't right. know what you're talking about. I'm doing awesome. And completely changed his tune. I remember that like it was yesterday and, and where it was and what the room was looking like. And I just have to chuckle bringing that up. Thanks for bringing that up, uh, Jeff. Yeah. And when you're in your 70s and 80s, toilets, tenants, and trash can get very, very old. So a Delaware statutory trust may be an answer for people. Brian, this has been a great conversation, and I think that this is where this lifestyle plan becomes so important, right? Yeah, you know, I've had people come to me and go, are you worried about your industry and robo-advisors? And I just got to chuckle. If you listen to this show, you're going, oh, wait a second. This is art, not science. Right. This is not spreadsheets. There's so many questions. Every time uh, Jeff asks Brian something, he gets into this, this discussion about people and their lives and their lifestyle and, and their emotions, how they feel about money and all this stuff. And it has very little to do with a calculation on a tax form or a spreadsheet or analysis or what's your number, you know, for retirement, you know, that I see on the Internet. Well, there isn't a number that everybody should follow. Everybody's different. Everybody has situations. And then throw the tax code overlay on that, too. And if that was simple, it would be a 10-page code. But uh, last time I checked, it's thousands of pages. So that's not the case either. So, yeah, lifestyle plan is so much more than a spreadsheet analysis. It has to do with all of this. And, you know, one thing you might ask yourself is anybody looking at your tax return? Is your advisor looking at it? Or if you're looking at it as a do-it-yourself investor, do you know how to decipher what's going on there? Do you see opportunities there? You know, there's so much to this. Uh, We talked about Social Security and all the decisions going to that, when you should sell your rentals, your investment real estate, if you should sell them, what are your options, all the non-financial concerns considerations go into that. So to me, uh, it's pretty clear that financial planning can and should be much more about your life, who you are, your lifestyle planning than it is an analysis of spreadsheets or historical returns from a mutual fund. Brian, great information today. For all those who are listening and you want to organize your retirement income stream so that they can potentially increase overall income while minimizing your annual tax burden, listen up because this message is for you. Now, you must have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify. When you call, you'll get a friendly voice in the other line who will gather some basic information so that your local trusted Madrona advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back early next week. Now, this analysis is just an open conversation It's intended to help you uncover financial blind spots or what we like to call shallow roots and help you discover potential solutions that may be able to help you increase your income while lowering your taxes. Remember, even the mightiest of trees can fall if their roots aren't deep enough. That's why the Rooted Wealth Analysis is so very, very important. We can help you grow deep financial roots so that you're better prepared for future financial storms. And as a bonus, qualified callers will receive a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement at no cost. So call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your Rooted Wealth Analysis today. That number is 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. One call could make all the difference. Yeah, Jeff, I was just recalling another conversation I had with a, a longtime client, and they were just so grateful for some advice. They said, you told us something a few years ago that has literally changed our lives and helped us live stress-free in, in retirement. I was like, oh, do tell. What, what did I tell you? I want to... Maybe I want to say that to somebody else. And they were saying, well, you told us after meeting with us and learning about us, how we really stressed about money. You told us to pay off our mortgage, even though the interest rate was low and we took money out of accounts that you were managing to pay it off. We just want to thank you, Brian, because when we did that, it was like this huge weight had been lifted off our shoulders. We've spent the last couple of years just talking about all the time and how stress-free our life is now that we don't have a mortgage and how grateful we were that you gave us that advice. And, you know, when we think about how you actually take a pay cut by giving good advice like that and 
just so appreciative that uh, you care about us more than your own bottom line and how much that's meant to us over the years. I was like, wow, I, I frankly, I didn't even remember telling them that, but <laughs> evidently I did. And they, they followed that advice. It, it was exactly what they needed to hear. Not everybody wants to do that. And it doesn't make sense for everybody. But in their case, it did. And that's why I gave them that advice, of course, way back when. And it just warmed my heart to know that I could do life-changing things by giving good, solid advice based upon getting to know that client. So again, this isn't a spreadsheet calculation. The spreadsheet would say, well, your rate of return uh, projected on your investments would be higher than the interest rate you're paying, so don't pay off your mortgage. But what that spreadsheet doesn't account for is their emotions, how they feel, their stress level, all these other things. And that's why it's critical to embed that in any financial plan. Thanks, Brian. That's a great story. And it really illustrates being held to the fiduciary standard. Brian, I want our listeners to call now and request a rooted wealth analysis today. Don't wait until it's too late. Just pick up your phone and dial 833-673-7373 so you can see what a comprehensive financial plan is like that's designed to sustain your quality of life for 30 plus years. That number once again, 833-673-7373, 833-673-7373. Brian, we've covered a lot of ground on today's show. Can you recap in just a few minutes here? Some of the things that we've talked about are things that you want people to remember from today's conversation. Well, Jeff, we started out by talking about overlooked tax breaks, uh, especially for older people, people in retirement, and why that's important. And rehash that for a minute here. When you're younger, you don't have as many choices as to when you're triggering income or sales that create taxability. But when you're older, you certainly do. You decide when to take Social Security, when to sell appreciated stock, when to sell real estate, whether to do a 1031 exchange, when to turn on an annuity. There's lots of decisions that go into your taxation in your retirement years. So it's really important that that be a major piece of your retirement planning, not just, gee, which Vanguard index am I going to invest in? You know, you got to incorporate the tax planning into that. So that was one thing we talked about. We talked about some examples on that. Uh, We also talked about Social Security and all the questions that go into when to take it. The spreadsheet that you run will say, take it late, take it at age 70, and at 79, you break even, you have more money after that. But there's a lot of other life considerations to put into that question. When should I take annuities? Which accounts should they come out of? Which one should I put them in? Should I put them in a Roth? Probably not. Can I use qualified accounts for annuities? Absolutely. For lifetime cash flow annuities, that can be a great option there. How should I plan on taking money out of my non-qualified annuities and when? There's different taxation for different kinds of annuities. We did talk about that. We also talked about some of the the other potential things that uh, you can do for tax savings. Uh, A little bit of time was spent on just your lifestyle planning around your investment real estate and when's the right time to sell your investment real estate, what methods are available. We talked about Delaware Statutory Trust using 1031 exchanges and how a simple call to us, you can get some information on that to decide whether that makes sense for you either. So talked about a lot of different topics today, a lot around taxes, real estate, lifestyle, lifestyle planning. And I think the big takeaway is you can't do this on a spreadsheet. And even if you could, you probably that spreadsheet's probably not going to incorporate everything it needs to. So definitely give us a call if we tweaked your interest here on some of these topics. And that kind of sums up the show as we gave today, Jeff. So thanks for asking me that. And that number to call again, 833-673-7373. Brian, we're out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time, but most of all, thank our listeners here in the Greater Puget Sound for joining us. Don't miss the show by subscribing to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans wherever you get your podcasts. For Brian, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out there, have a great week. And until next week, stay well-rooted. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliated entities Madrona Financial Services LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans Inc. PC. Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans.